Bob and Jeremy's Conflab. The Reality Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Bob and Jeremy's Conflab. Thank you so much if you're already a subscriber and this isn't your first podcast. That means a lot to us. It means that you're getting something out of it and that's why we're doing it. If you're new, hello too. And the theme of today and the title of this episode is called Working From Home or Heading Back In? Question mark. And I'm here with my co-host, Bobby Morell. How are you, Bobby? I can see as we look at each other that you are in your office. I am indeed. And it's a lovely day down here in Kent. We're enjoying um, a late summer, which is very pleasant. Um, So let's hope we can make the most of it. And what's interesting, I suppose, about our title is that I'm looking at Bobby, who's in his office, and I'm currently at home. But we will get to that. So I want to kick off with you, Bobby. One of your top themes that you want to discuss uh, that really intrigued me was, I think it's quite good to start in this place, is, is this kind of problem area. Let's, let's go straight into some of the problems, shall we? The problems with working in a certain way. Well, of course, this really applies to people like us who are able to work from home. Of course, not everybody is. Some people can only work from places of work. If they have to go and work in a specific site, um, then that they're very restricted in terms of what they can do. But for those of us that have, uh, have the ability to work from home, we've changed the way that we function. We have uh, changed a, a bit of our house and we've set it up in a place that we can function from and, uh, and contact people from. And so we've got used to that over the last few months. And we're all using systems like Zoom and Teams and Skype and uh, WhatsApp and various other internet-based systems that are helping us uh, to work in this way and to function and to communicate with people. But what that's creating is a series of issues. And I'm going to talk firstly about personal issues because not everybody is good at organizing themselves to work from home. One of the very reasons that many of us like to go to work is that you have a routine which takes you to a place where you sit, you do your work, you then close the door on it and go home, and those two areas of your life are entirely separate. And so now we're asking people to completely change the structure of their lives and work in a different way, and that creates for some people some serious issues because all of a sudden the various dynamics that they were used to those routines that they had totally um, had ingrained into them and no longer exist and so I think there's real problems around structure and when I say structure I mean how you spend your day when you're working from home which then leads on to managing time more effectively and making sure that you're you know you haven't got somebody who's helping you manage your time and tell you what the time is. You're sitting on your own working from home. And then I think what that leads on to, if we're not careful, is issues around isolation. I'm sitting at home. I'm working. I may have my family around me if we're in lockdown and we may be going into another lockdown uh, or partial lockdown. But if I haven't got my family there, I'm sitting alone at home. I might have a pet, but in truth, when the weather changes, and we've had some wonderful weather, um, on a dark November evening, um, 
on my own at home with the rain driving against the windows, I think that could get pretty depressing. And I think there's going to be issues around mental health um, that are stemming from this very quick cultural shift. I think if I come in there on your isolation, I, I will paraphrase Carl Jung. I won't get his quote completely right, but it isn't the fact that you're alone because as Bob's just said, there may be people who back in March had a house full of children, of parents, grandparents, I mean. You know, you may have had a house full, but your routine is shattered by other people who wouldn't normally be in your home. So what Jung says about depression and things like that is it isn't that I'm necessarily alone, it's that I'm alone with myself and I'm not able to deal with that. Um, even though there are other people physically near you, you still have this feeling of being alone because your routine, as Bob said, has been changed and shattered. I think the isolation of being alone and unable to manage and, and have your entire uh, day mapped out because not everyone's a leader. And that's right. You know, people want to follow and be told what to do and to have um, fixed routines to follow. And then they get rewards and they feel like they've had a good day in many service based industries, industries, particularly it's you've got a laptop you've got, you know, the invention of the century that allows you to deliver your service at a distance. And this, as, as we're saying, can cause problems, strains mentally, because you create the stories in your own head of how you're not coping, and there's no one there to help you snap out of that. And I think maybe that's a, a good time, unless you want to come in where I could come into one of my first uh, bits of research. Well, I just want to also just also make the, the connection here. When the first lockdown happened, most of us thought, well, it's only for a few weeks. Um, it'll be okay. It's novel. Um, we'll get through it and then we'll return to normal pretty quickly. The fact is that really has not happened in the majority of cases. And so the reasons for that are, I think, a very good debatable subject because why didn't that happen? When, you know, four months in, when people could start returning to work, why didn't we all flock back? It wasn't just fear of a virus. It was because actually some fundamental changes had taken place very, very quickly. And we are now faced with this dilemma. Do we really need to go back in? Well, the fabric of your workplace and what surrounded it, its environment had already shifted. Mm. Um, even if we go to a more basic example of the coffee shop was still shut, but the charity shop that you thrifted in at lunchtime was also shut. The hairdresser couldn't cut your hair on the Friday afternoon before you drove home. Mm. I mean, that's just market town analogies, but they're all real. Mm. Um, but if I share, I've been able to talk to two very good friends about their businesses and I selected them and luckily they're available. And I'll tell you about the first, and I think this links on with what Bob's saying about isolation. So a good friend of mine has a app company. They make apps. They're a tech business. And everybody went home because the people who can build his apps and make them and market them, this is done on technology. IMAX, it's done on you know laptops. It's, it's that sort of work. However, he employs a lot of people who, by their own admission, are geeks or nerds or whatever you want to say, have a certain personality type. And their friends are at work. They're not gregarious, necessarily, all of them. And they are bright. They uh, get off on coding. They get off on creating brilliant things that are functional and bring enjoyment to people. And their network of 
um, I suppose, collaboration, their network of friendship, stimulation mentally was in that workplace that my friend runs his business in and everyone's at home. And now back to the title of this episode, working from home or heading back in now, that's the point. And what he's done is he's done a survey to the staff and I've, he's allowed me to share a few results with you. I'm not sharing any names, of course, but a few results. And if I now locate the survey, he asked, um, you know, he wanted to know how people were feeling. And so he, he asked people a number of questions. And there's two particular stats that I think might be interesting. Here's one of the questions. Would you be planning to wear a mask at your desk if they're two meters apart and we follow government guidelines? And for your information, the plan is that we split those wearing masks and the others not wearing masks. Now, that was in the question. What happens immediately is polarization. 60% say, no, I don't want to wear a mask. And 40% say, I want to wear a mask. How are they going to have conversations? They're not. So that's the uh, a question that created an immediate split. And then the question that followed was, would you feel safe if the floors were split with one floor with masks and the other without? And then we've got another interesting stat of 87% versus 13%. So one of the challenges with surveys that give people options is you immediately get responses that are split. And so this is a very tricky situation. And if you were extending surveys to your people, you've got to be extremely careful about what you ask them. And you're doing it in all, for all the right reasons. But I think fundamentally, if we get back to this isolation, it's going to be really important that these people do get back to working together. And here's this strange thing in the UK. If you're listening in other countries, you'll have your own current set of laws and guidelines. But we've currently got a rule of six. I'm in a household of five. One more individual can currently enter my household at evenings and weekends. My children are back at school. My wife is back at school. I have a story which fights against that um, mm. because mm. I have a friend who has worked in central London for his entire career, 35-odd um, years, and he works in the city. And for years I've said to him, couldn't you work from home occasionally because you get up at the crack of dawn uh, every morning, you're at your desk by uh, half past seven every morning, you finish at 5.30, get the train home. You have these long, long days. Could you not work from home occasionally? And for years, he's always said to me, no, it's just not possible. You need to have your team around you to hear ideas and talk about what's going on. And it's a really um, proactive environment that we're all working together. And I thought, okay, fair enough. If that's what you believe, that's brilliant. Within six weeks of working from home, he's realized that all of that creativity and ideas creation can be done remotely via Zoom, and he sees absolutely no reason to go back into a central London location again. Um, the IT issues that he had that he was concerned about were resolved, mm. and they did various tests which made sure that it was safe and uh, that it all worked effectively, which it did. He also um, realised that he was much better because he wasn't getting up at quarter to six every morning, mm. uh, which was killing him. And so he was arriving at his desk after he's getting an extra hour's sleep a night. He's getting 28 hours a month extra sleep. That is considerable. Nice. Okay. So that's over a day's extra sleep a month. He's feeling better. He's performing better. 
Uh, all the uh, remote stuff is working brilliantly. He is loving it. His work-life balance has been restored. So he isn't going to go back in to the office anytime soon. He said he might go back one or two days a week if he is required to. And this is a central London square mile uh, bank. Mm. However, I have another friend who works for a top law firm in central London with a huge office employing hundreds of people. They have been told they are not to return to the office until January at the earliest. So see, I find this so interesting. What's going to suddenly change in January? I don't know, but that is what they've been told. So there's no expectation for them to go in at all. And um, this friend of mine who's a, a lawyer is entirely happy to work from home. It has made absolutely no difference to the billing, the way the functions of the business works, the meetings they've had, um, the work that we've done with them, we do all remotely now. Um, nothing has changed really except the fact that we're not going into this huge edifice, this carved stone office every day so let me ask you a question about these two friends they're delivering services if we mm -hmm. could say that collectively yes. that you yeah. know we know law is a form of a service and yeah the other yeah. friends some sort of financial yeah service absolutely how what is their belief in the sustainability of delivering to clients in a telecommute environment over the longer term have, have either of them shared with you i can do this forever i never oh, need yes. to see a human again i, I in both in both cases they could do it forever. They wouldn't perhaps prefer to because life is about relationships. And I think it's fair to say that you can create relationships better face to face. However, in the majority of cases, in let's say 95% of the work they actually do, it is done at a desk with a computer. That's what you do. And if you have meetings, you can do them perfectly well using the services we've talked about. But what has happened is going to change forever how we consider a city to function if you think about my friend my friend who works in central london he goes in every day it's costing him thousands of pounds a year for a season ticket to give to a train company to get in to town he's then drinking coffees he's having lunch he's having dinner he's having drinks after work all of that influx of spent cash into london ceases okay and that means that the city of london almost becomes redundant as a financial centre because the financial centre can be run remotely. Um, I think the other thing is that, as scary as that is for some people, what, what, what are we going to do with the buildings? If you think about major capitals around the world, like Paris or Rome, Paris and Rome retain their individual character because they are essentially tourism and leisure-based cities and if you think about Italy, the major financial center is Milan. And if you think about Paris, Paris has a huge modern area called La Défense uh, that yeah. has been built that you and I have worked in before, which is where, a bit like Canary Wharf, where there's a lot of kind of offices and financial stuff. The actual center of Paris is beautiful and is really a tourist attraction. Now, I think if we think about cities, there's no reason why we can't redesign our cities to make them different types of places to visit but what that's going to do is change something very fundamental which is house prices so your point about not everyone lives in a lovely house is totally true one of the reasons it's hard to live in a lovely house is because our house prices are artificial artificially um inflated because we all live within commuting distance of london the you moment know, home counties yes. immediately puts a price tag exactly on it, it? so the moment that the being in a commuting distance of london is irrelevant that should 
filter through to house prices and property prices, and therefore the requirement to live within a commuting distance of London becomes much less important, and I can live anywhere. But that leads me on to the next thing. We've just seen this shift from the city to the home counties or working in the regions. I think we're going to see a further shift in due course where people realise, well, here I am sitting in my regional office in Kent. I don't need to sit here. I could be sitting in the south of France. I could be sitting in Tenerife. I could be sitting in Morocco. I I could be sitting somewhere in in a lovely climate doing this work perfectly adequately using the internet. And I think that is another great shift that's going to come from what's happened. A dear mutual friend of ours, I told you the other day, he and his wife are moving to Italy. Good for them. They are moving to Italy because he can deliver his service remotely. They've made that bold decision to leave London, um, which is which is the next evolution of your, it of is. your path mapping, isn't it? But then that also knocks on into the next question. Uh, what do we do about if we're going to live somewhere else? Who do we pay tax to? There's all sorts of questions that come from this shift in habit and working habit because it's not – and go back to the title. It's not about are you going back in. It's simply where can you work from. If we consider our children, by the time our children, who are mostly teenagers, are going to enter the workplace, that requirement – will perhaps be manageable in some form. You know, they're they're currently thinking you can't brainstorm remotely. I would argue you probably can. You just need to organize it differently. And once people get used to that, I think then the idea, the concept of a building becomes less and less important. And again, whilst we are struggling to go with this shift, and I think we must remember that this shift has been forced upon us through what, what's happened. So what's happened is what may have taken five years has taken five months, okay? And so we're still thinking, oh, this is still a bit unusual. For our children, when they start work, yes, everybody works from home. That's the way it, we do things. And, and that flexibility will be a given, I think. And we'll look at it and go, wow, we never had that, you know, when the pandemic took place. No, but that's yeah. made it, it's made it change for the future. Well, it, that, that is that is interesting. If I think of my three and the brands that they identify with, there's no buildings. Um, no, they're, they're, you know, uh, you know, a certain fashion brand or two I could name drop, but I don't need to. There's no buildings. They are online entities. The uh, Instagram branding is strong enough. The TikTok following, you know, all of that. You're absolutely right. I haven't thought of that. That uh, they they identify with brands and individuals with no buildings. And maybe it's we can't stop it because we're of a certain age that we believe a building, a structure uh, creates identity, two-dimensional art on the wall, two-dimensional posters and branding. But our children are in, you know, 4D land. Um, I am certain that right now there are brand new pieces of software being created that will help us have a feeling of working in, in an office full of people. But if you think about technology, technology has changed immeasurably in our lifetime. So those things that are still physical requirements for people to do now will also change in you know in the next 30 years. We know that they're already experimenting with driverless vehicles. So what about driverless deliveries? You know, we can't be a million miles away from that. They're already um looking at ways to mechanize a lot of the things that physically need to happen. Again, it's just about the technology that allows us to do these things that will make these things easier. 
and and perhaps the only thing that um, will always be required, you would hope, is human beings being able to communicate and form relationships. And all we need is technology that will help us do that in a remote way. And then we don't necessarily need to spend as much time face to face. And perhaps, okay. and, and perhaps the face to face time will be with those that we want to see and care about the most. I think the more we discuss this whole issue, the more I am convinced that the idea that we would get back to normal at some point, which was muted a few months ago, is defunct. It doesn't actually exist. What will happen is that the world will continue more or less in the way that we've managed to function through and after lockdown and there will never be a point where we say, oh, isn't that great? We've got back to the way things were. It will never be the same again. We might economically, but I don't think we will in terms of where we work and how we work. Bob and Jeremy's Conflab. The Reality Podcast.